0: Hi, hello. Welcome to another episode of Isaiah's Newsstand. It's your host, Isaiah Edwards. The date is May 14th, 2022. Um, hopefully you had a good week. Uh, I know for me it was pretty busy. Uh, I was dual wielding and did a little bit of the main job. And then I did a little bit of, uh, you know, food delivery. So that was fun, I guess. Though I will say, uh I've been a little bit slower lately. A little bit um as opposed to like last year which you know makes sense inflation is crazy right now right um but yeah overall pretty good week we made it through um no big calamities yay yay knock on some wood yay yay um let's see food corner i know you guys like that um i splurged on myself and i got a little burrito bowl from Chipotle um, but the bad news was I got to the end. I got my burrito bowl. I got my salsa, and um, I kind of knew like I don't know. There's something about the vibe. I just knew I wasn't gonna get exactly what I wanted, and um, I said, hey, or you know, I was like, chips? Do you guys have any chips? And they're like, no, we don't have any chips. And I was like, oh, but um, you know, a cowboy's gonna make do, and uh, I took my happy ass over to McDonald's. Got a large try. So that was pretty banger. Um maybe that meal happen. So that was definitely like the meal of the week. Um nothing else. Too tasty for real for real. It's the usual concoctions, fabrications I make. Um I suppose we can get into the news. Yeah, sounds good. Um keeping it pretty international this episode. Um, but I am starting, you know, with the you know, Russia Ukraine stuff. Um Let's see. Not too much on the update in terms of like what's going on in Mariupol. It's more or less the same from what I've heard gathered. Um, nothing big uh, in terms of like the Donbass region, though. Uh, there was a battalion of Russian uh, soldiers that were trying to like cross like this river bridge or what have you, or it was down and they were trying to like I guess forge a way through or across, um, but the battalion was wiped out. Before they could do that. So that was like interesting. Um, I don't have an article source for it, but I did hear that on like the BBC um, podcast broadcast. Um, so I was like, that was an interesting thing that came up on the ground. Um, also, Victory Day happened this week. I believe it was Monday. Um, pretty much. What is Victory Day? Um, it started after World War Two. It was like a celebration of the veterans and, you know, them, you know, beating Nazis, fighting fascism, all that kind of stuff. Um, so it's like really national, you know, vibes in that regard. Uh, real rah-rah stuff. Um, but I guess since Putin came into power, um, he kind of started like changing the vibe a little bit to kind of like... Just do like almost like heat checks, kind of just like tell you guys where we're trying to go, what we need to focus on, like drive the nation, I guess you could say. Um, And this was more or less like that. Um, But um, I guess it was kind of a fear or a concern, um, you know, from the West that um, Putin was going to use Victory Day to kind of say, hey, we're going to be pushing harder. We're going to be pushing farther. So not only would you potentially like doing things like adding conscriptions or things like that, um, you know, sending more troops out onto the battlefield, like this, these are things that are really a major concern. Also, you know, is he going to go to like Moldova or worry about Finland? Um, and also a little bit of a tangent from the Victory Day article that I'm about to get into, um, Finland and Switzerland have been pushing harder for, um, NATO membership, Um, it looks like Finland is set to apply. Um, now I think they are looking for certain contingencies to make sure that they're going to be, um, you know, protected, things like that, just because, I mean, they, they do share a border with Russia. They have tried to, you know, um, keep out of any alliance like that, that might trigger an issue. And Russia has said this would make an issue if you do this um so you know that's kind of a big deal that came up um once again I don't have an article for that one but you know just wanted to like kind of put that out there we'll see how that goes in the future it's gonna take months to kind of resolve that and I mean technically it's kind of how we got into this mess with NATO and Ukraine so I don't know that I maybe this is me you know just looking at it and having maybe the wrong opinion but it just is kind of feel hypocritical where like we still haven't, you know, granted that to Ukraine, even though, you know, we're shoveling money and weapons and all this stuff, you know, to them. <clears throat> but, um, I don't know. Anyway, we can get back to uh, to the Victory Day stuff. Uh, I got this article from The Insider. Um, Hackers replaced Russian TV schedules during Putin's Victory Day parade with anti-war message saying the blood of Ukrainians is on Russian Russians hands. Um, so that was a thing, uh, there is a TikTok video in this article that kind of shows what happened, and essentially you can kind of see, like, on the little ticker, um, all of the messages for the times, like, of the day are, like, all set, like, the schedule is, like, itinerary, whatever you would call it, is, like, that message, so that's, like, I imagine would be pretty kind of spooky, eerie, um, I mean, that being said, though, I mean, the propaganda in Russia is pretty hard, pretty heavy, the state, like, media, like, so, I mean, seeing this is going to be something that you can kind of bat an eyelash off of, you know, with, like, you're not really phased by it if you're already buying the narrative sold to you in Russia right now, I think. Um, So... I mean, that being said, I'm not saying that people don't disagree with it. I'm I'm certain we've seen it. We've talked about it. There are definitely people protesting in Russia. And it's just the price of it is very high. So you have to be very subtle about it. And even then, they are very, very aggressive with cracking down on that kind of stuff. Um, so, I mean, even something like this is very major. And they don't know the the source of who did it. Um, maybe it was anonymous. Who knows? No one's taking credit, I believe. So, um, But anyway, that was interesting. Wanted to kind of cover all that um also there is an update on the Brittany griner situation um initially i thought we'd have like an update next week because her trial um i think like date or whatever was scheduled for the 19th um but i guess it was extended 30 days um she had also requested um like housing arrest as opposed to just being arrested in an actual facility uh, that was denied. They said that her detention center was, like, adequate for her. Um, So that's kind of unfortunate. You would like to kind of see a home situation. I don't know if they would actually, like, put her actually at home, but, like, maybe just in a—just a home situation in in Russia or something like that. I'm not sure. But either way, it was denied, which is unfortunate. I did find out in this article, though, that they are— uh, the WNBA is paying out her salary for the year. So that's really cool. Um, someone keep you updated on that. We'll continue to, as I get updates, um, moving to, um, some other news, uh, really sad news. Uh, got this from Yahoo news, uh, Al Jazeera journalists, uh, killed by Israeli forces in West Bank. Um, so this is a really sad story, uh, about a journalist by the name of Shireen Abu Akleh. Um, she was shot by Israeli troops. They were on a raid in the Janine refugee camp in Occupied West Bank. Um, it was her and another journalist, I believe. They were, um... Like trying to move through an area and essentially, um, now and this is kind of important too that like they moved from an area that like that was fighting and they were moving to an open area that there wasn't any fighting. Um, The Israeli soldiers said, "Yeah, you guys are good. You guys can pass." Mind you, also this is important. They all press journalists, and this is like Ukraine. This is international. uh, They have very distinctive vests, body armor that they wear. Also helmets that they wear. Um, it sticks out like a sore thumb. Um, in this situation, they are blue press jackets um, with press, big, bold, white letters. Um, so they're allowed to be to be moved through by these uh, Israeli soldiers. They move into this open area. Next thing you know, they're being shot at. So... Um, the other journalist, I believe he might be a photographer. I'm not entirely sure, but I think it is another journalist. He gets shot. And so, you know, he goes down and, um, Serene, you know, tells him like, hey, get down. You know, like, you know, are you injured? You know, yeah, yeah. She's like, they're assessing the situation. And I believe as she's moving to cover, she gets shot in the head. And essentially they do what they can. They try to get her to a hospital, but you know, there's there wasn't anything they can do from there. Um, now, is, you know, the Israel side of things, they're saying, hey, we're going to launch an investigation. But what we believe is that she was shot by potential um, Palestinian, like gunfire, like they were just shooting wildly. It was a big firefight, yada, yada, yada. But once again, I'll take you back to the beginning of what I said. They were escorted and passed through to an open, clear area. There was no fighting there, and also essentially too, who was shooting at them was an Israeli sniper. So these are the types of people who are doing their firefighting away from main combat and with the scope. so it's very like it's very much like a surgical tactical situation like. You can see very clearly. You can target very clearly, and you're not supposed to take shots until you know exactly what you're firing at. Um, so the idea that you would say, like, see someone with a vest like that, a press vest and helmet like that, two people alone in an isolated, open, controlled area, say, "Okay, I should fire on these people. I need to do that." Like it it, 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 it doesn't really add up. It just doesn't. And this is me, obviously, injecting my bias this is what I do. gotta got yada, yada. I'm allowed to. It's my fucking podcast. Um, I think it's fucked up. It's very gross. Um, and it's the saddest thing, too, is that it's not really covered. Like, I mean, yes, yeah, you see it in these little bumps. Like, it's not just Yahoo News. You could find this. I, I've read this article. I've heard this in several places. But it's just very sad that this is just one of the things and the multitude of things that's happening in um, Israel, in Palestine right now. Um, it's sad, too, that you probably won't see justice for this. Um, another co- another article I have um, from The Guardian, because she is a Palestinian-American, so naturally it forces us as Americans to care, say something, quote-unquote, you know. Um, so there was a press release um, and I mean, it really wasn't condemning what they what happened, but they were just saying like, you know, hey, because and also too, another reason I have this article queued up is not only did that happen, so that's fucked up. That's that's the first atrocity here. Um, into the next, which is her funeral, which you know happened. Um, essentially, she is a um, she practices a Christian faith so essentially you know she was going through a christian funeral and they had pallbearers uh carrying her casket they were going to walk it you know a leg of the way i guess apparently um israeli forces were saying hey no you have to put it in a hearse escort it um also they went to her domicile and removed all the flags and all her stuff um apparently that's like illegal to have flags like you can be, like, accused of sparking nationalism and stuff. It's fucking wild that you can't even have your flag where you live up. This is an occupation, though, right? I guess, huh? But, um, so they had flags, though, at this procession. Uh, apparently people, like, raided or rushed the barricade to be near the funeral, to be near the, the casket while it was being locked, and this just stirred a whole thing where, just you just see in the video the the israeli security forces just bashing people just beating people up and and it's specific these aren't people who are trying to like protect themselves or like maintain order it's malicious it's malicious violence on these people um at one point they beat a person so bad and they beat the people who are carrying the paw the the catholic so hard they almost drop it and someone has to like rush in and save it luckily they do um just the whole shit is a mess um i don't know the shit buns me out to fucking talk about uh i should be like you know quote-unquote professional and find a good quote um here we go um we are deeply troubled by the images of israeli police intruding into the funeral possession of past of palestinian american shireen Abu Akhle um and that is anthony blinken's statement from his twitter um every family deserves to lay their loved ones to rest in a dignified and unimpeded manner um the thing is that there's not going to be any kind of sanctions there's not going to be any kind of like real um you know penalty for this for israel because that's our little brother you know what i mean that's our little you know a little piece in the Middle East. Like we set them up, we establish them, like, and they're gonna be good as long as, you know, what it doesn't even matter. (laughs) Like they literally get a license to ill. I'm sorry. Like, I don't know. It's wild. It it makes me upset. Um we can move on though. I have in the next one some kind of uh catch up stories. Um I kinda it's hard in this kind of situation where I give myself about five or six bumps um you know every episode so that what that's about 10 to 12 right um so there's some stories where i'll hear and i'm like this is crazy this is big news but like i don't know how to really cover it it's kind of above my pay grade um but i kind of tell myself hey if it hits a certain kind of inflection point if things get crazy enough big enough something happens or it goes one way or the other then i'll cover it so these are the next two stories um, I got this from CNN World, um, let's see, military rescues Sri Lanka's prime minister in pre-dawn operation as violent clashes leave eight dead. Um, so this is a ongoing situation that's been going on in Sri Lanka, um, as in a lot of places, uh, the economy's really bad here, um, there's a lot of unrest, people are very unhappy, um, and apparently... The Rajapaska family, uh, I guess they kind of came in in Sri Lanka, one, on a very like, kind of like populist kind of vibe, wave. Um, people loved them in the beginning, but they've kind of failed to deliver. And now people are, are demanding that this family goes. Um, and it kind of started really like, a, or at least a really big milestone was uh, Mahinda Rajapaksa, leaving office. Uh he's prime minister of Sri Lanka and you know everyone was like okay yeah that's hype that's great but you need to take this further. Uh and I believe what is it Gojepatsa or Gojabaya? I'm sorry, forgive me. Um Gotabaya. Yeah, Gotabaya Rajapaksa who is the president, he's still in power. Um which means people are still upset. They're still mad. Um it has led to a lot of unrest in the streets. Um, people were trying to peacefully protest, um, but there's been a curfew that's been put up, um, I mean, it's just a lot, it's a lot, and I know this is one of those things, there's a story that's so big, and I'm coming into it as just, like, a guy who has internet, like, it's not like I'm smart here, (laughs) so I, I do the best I can here to kind of give you a glimpse, a little bit of a taste of what's going on, um. But, I mean, it is a really crazy situation hearing people in terms of, like, saying, like, hey, I stood in line all day to get gas, and now it's the end of the day, and, like, I can't even, like, do my delivery job, like, um, in terms of, like, you know, being a taxi driver or what have you, um, you know, stores not being able to, you know, run and, and do their things properly, Um hearing about bad economy i don't know all these things kind of hit close to home to me um and i do feel like these are stories that are definitely worth telling i just hate it because i'm just so bad at it and it's so much um but i do know that this isn't so much in this article but um it doesn't seem like go to go to buy is going to be stepping down um and also it is kind of remains to be seen too. who does want to take on the mantle of president anyway, because you're going to most likely be hated by the people. Like there's no quick chain solution for Sri Lanka right now. Um, kind of reminiscent to what's going on in America where it's like, look, we have to face hard times. We have to face harder times, um, to correct this economic problem that we have. Um, and, you know, it's kind of like, I don't, from what I've kind of gathered information-wise, it doesn't seem like anyone's really rushing to fill that vacuum. But also, Goodbye is not stepping down. Um, he has um, elected a new prime minister, I believe. I don't have the name of the person. But they're like, nah, we're not cool with this, and you still need to step down. So no one's happy with that decision. Um, so yeah, we'll see. I'm sure this is going to keep popping up um hopefully we don't see as much violence to the protesters um and i know like it's like well you shouldn't advocate violence from the protesters no you shouldn't no i know like we already have a problem once again to reference back to america literally our social justice our supreme court you know people they can't handle little people on their lawn like oh i'm sorry brett kavanaugh (laughs) anyway um let me move on i'm already in the weeds um this is the last bump um take my little my little smirk right um (laughs) but i'm gonna talk about a man in the philippines who is set to be wielding a lot of power and um he goes by the name of bong bong marcos jr in a perfect world i'd have a better bong bong effect there and it'd be more than a ladder flick but um oh well we do what we can (sighs) but this is a crazy story um i got this also from cnn world um but essentially there was an election this week um I haven't heard concrete, but I mean, the numbers are so definite that this is like a landslide thing. So it's like pretty much known. Bong Bong Marcus, he's the new guy in charge. Um, um, Duarte, the current guy is going to be the guy outbound. Um, but also he has a daughter who is going to be the vice president to Bong Bong as the president. Um Sorry, it's so hard not to call him Bong Bong because that name is so good. It's been bouncing around in my brain and I've been like waiting to say it like it's been salivating. Um, So yeah, we're calling him Bong Bong. His name is Ferdinand Marcos Jr. but he is affectionately known as Bong Bong. (laughs) But um, essentially, he won by more than 30 million votes Um, and his closest rival was the outgoing vice president um Lenny Robredo um now me personally before we're getting into the guts of this uh, article and the situation this is the person I really wish would have won uh listening to some of her policies and her reforms they sound great they sounds like someone who had their their hand on the situation of what's going on in the Philippines and what people needed and that's that's always what you want to hear out of a politician at least um but she's not the person who won um, Bong Bong Marcos is, um, but here's, and here's the rub. He is the son of Marcos, and this is a person who instituted martial law in the Philippines and was more or less just, you know, the way he was controlling people, was anyone who spoke speak out against him, any kind of activist, was more or less just tortured and beaten and killed or disappeared and that was the end of it. And I, you know, I believe it was like 20 years. Um, I mean, it's just a crazy story. Um, I got to, once again, this is a true and on reference. I got to listen to, um, an interview with one of those activists. It was a guy who was initially, he wanted to be a lawyer, but situation, um, changed in the situation, like with just everything happening in the country, you know, he knew he needed to stand up and say something, do something. Um, and mind you, some of the things I'm, I'm not getting into, and this is a person, this is a family. They took billions of dollars away from this country. Um, I believe the number is about 10 billion. Um, gosh, I'm all over the place here. Yeah, it was for 21 years. So from 1965 to 1986 until he, um, he was ousted. Um, and forced to, like, leave to Hawaii. I believe uh, American uh, forces, like, picked him up, picked up the family, and they went to Hawaii. And they were there, I believe, for, like, six years. uh jeez Pete. Um But, yeah, no, this article's pretty thick. Um, but it's definitely just something I wanted to touch on. Um, also, it's it's crazy because you're thinking, like, well, I mean, a guy so bad who, inst- who instituted martial law and did all this crazy stuff, like, how did his son wind up in this position where he just more or less just wins by a landslide? And I think it once again kind of cues into how important technology is, how much of a factor it can sway people. Um, You know, over time, the Marcos family has been putting in work in terms of like having an amazing impeccable spotless social image and literally using that that sway that influence to just tell people anything on on the internet like the uh the tiktok more or less variant that they have in the philippines they've just been running that running that running that telling people anything and everything that they want to hear and making it look so fucking cool using like like american references and songs like i heard like the gangster's paradise used to like the marcos walk like it's a crip walk or something like that does something but that hits different in the philippines (laughs) like it's so weird but like it worked um also just the ties with the duertes um who were the current uh president right now in the philippines um, and mind you, like I said, I mean, this is a democracy we're talking about. This is a people where people voted. This is where like the young people really came out. The people who came out to vote, they voted for this man, Mr. Bong. Bong. Um, they wanted to take a hit, if you will. Um, but yeah, I mean, also I heard that someone said they heard um, the Marcos family was the only way for them to get the money that the Philippines lost back. It's like, but they're the ones who stole from you. Why would they give it back? That's not that's not how that's gonna work. It, it's even gotten to the point where technically, Balmac Marcos can't even come to America. Like, if anything happens, it's gonna have to be the vice president, which is actually going to be the daughter of Rodrigo Duterte, uh, Sarah Duterte Carpio. Um, she's more or less going to have to be the hand that moves this organization, this administration in the Philippines, because. He's already technically lost a trial and is already owed, I believe. I don't know. It's a lot of fucking money. <laughs> Sorry. I got this. I got this working on me. I got the Milwaukee's best kicking right now. Um, but yeah, it, it is, it is a big, weird situation. I was enamored when I started hearing this story unravel before me as I'm listening to it, as I'm reading about it. Um, gosh hopefully as i get a better handle i will uh report back to you um or if more news pops up um i mean we'll see I, i'm very curious to see how their administration is going to move um what are they going to do what are they not going to do what is the fate of the philippine people you know or like i said i mean people voted for this person are you know are, are they going to be satisfied happy with their result who can say who knows um but I will leave you on that note. Uh, thank you for listening if you made it this far. Um, sorry, I got to go shill mode real quick. Um, I got a Patreon, patreon.com slash Isaiah News. Gosh, it's really hitting. It's really hitting today, boys Woo! and gals. It um Oh, yeah. Also, you know what? I- interjection. I'm going to hit you guys. If you stuck it this far, you're getting a bonus music corner. Uh, listened to Mr. Morale and the Big Steppers. It was dope. Very interesting. I know people are talking about it on the internet. Um, Kendrick Lamar said words. Yeah. Um, overall, it's not my favorite, though. I'm gonna say not for the controversy or anything like that. I just, uh, I I like um, To Pimp a Butterfly a lot. And I like Damn a lot. Um, and Good Kid, Mad City was the album that really, like, put me on to Kendrick. And, like, I started listening to, like, some old stuff then after that. Um, this album was good, though. You can tell the therapy is a, is a good thing for the soul and the person. And it will do things to the music. <laughs> uh, at least usually, right? Um, but, yeah. No. Back to shilling. Um, Patreon.com slash News. Got it right that time. Nailed it. Yeah. Um, $5 will get you Discord access, which I'm honestly just thinking about making a freed-up thing. We'll see. I don't have really anyone donating other than the magnificent Stephanie Renee. I love you. You're the best. Thank you. Um, It's donations like yours that help fuel the podcast. Keep it going. Um Other than that, I got a Gmail. What is it? Isaiah News 1. Uh... You can give me some feedback there if you want. That's a dry freeway. Yuck. <laughs> Patreon's got a messenger, too. Um, but yeah, I will see you for the next episode. Um, I don't know. There's a lot of news. I got to parse through it all, sort it all out. Um, but hopefully I'll see you then, and uh, it'll be some good news. Anyway, love you. Bye. Mwah.